Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up. Caleb Johnson with my co-host Joe Patrick on this final week of March. Joe, we are headed into just... Just being a week away, now technically a little bit more than a week away, but it at least feels like actual regular season baseball games are right around the corner. Uh, what is that? What does that excitement kind of feel like right now for you? It's kind of bizarre. I don't know quite how to respond because it just doesn't feel like the season should already be on top of us. It's just weird how the spring training has been with three weeks. Though I got to say, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I was I was talking to, I was talking to a friend. He was like. He, spring spring training should be three weeks every year. This is great <laughs> because it already feels like the season's here, even though we just kind of started talking about it. Well, I think the part of it that's thrown me off is that, like, obviously a lot of the, um, like, your position players have kind of already been in the lineup and, and been working through things already, but you're seeing a lot of your starting pitchers uh, and your top relievers just now getting a lot of that work. Uh, and, and it's and it's one of those situations where like seeing them come in the game, uh, especially for some of those relievers, is like a big deal to kind of see how they look. And yeah. I'm not used to a spring where I maybe get a single look or two looks uh, right. at at a guy who's going to be at the top of the at the you know in the starting rotation. Uh, specifically, obviously, I'm talking about uh, Max Fried, Charlie Morton. Two guys who, well, Joe, I mean, let's just kind of put it out there um, that Brian Snicker has decided he's going to be very tight-lipped about who has bestowed the honor of this is very opening important day stuff, starter. Caleb. This is very important yeah. stuff. I was talking to Andy and Randy about this this morning, like <laughs> the significance of being the opening day starter and all that. And um, they're really, it's not important really no. at all, except for this kind of, you know, the tradition and the prestige of kind of having that on your resume to an extent. But it, it's always funny how every spring training, every single spring training, it, there's always like this debate. And like, you know, it's like a great fodder for some people like us on a podcast or a radio station or whatever to talk about, even though it, like basically means nothing <laughs> in terms yeah, of well, actual like um, but production. The, and The funny thing was like in years past. We were curious who was going to be the opening day starter a lot of the times because we were hoping the Braves were going to acquire someone (laughs) of better status (laughs) than lovely Julio Tehran. It's not going to be Tehran again, is it? Uh. (laughs) It was always that moment of like, hold on, you know, I think of like, uh, you know, old country dad one one of them boys looking better than than Tehran does, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, not this year. No, I think they're still gonna put Tehran out there. And 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 uh, I don't know. I I kind of look back on some of those moments it now of, with some fondness of Definitely. like, uh, you know, at least at least Julio he was consistent, man. You you could count on him. Yeah. Um, th- but it's also obvi- interesting, you know, Caleb. I wanted to jump in here because it's also interesting when we talk about where these guys are right now. Um, because spring training, like, technically only started what, like, a, a week and a half ago or something like that. 
Um, but clearly these guys have been doing more. And so they're ahead of kind of where they would normally would be in a typical spring training. I kind of find it interesting. At the, you gotta, you gotta try to create something that you find interesting in those first couple of weeks of spring training. Cause <laughs> it is pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, yeah. you like to see the progression of like, okay, well, Tukey, he threw one inning in his first start. And, um, you know, does he get up and down? Does he go two innings next start? Does he, you know, like what does his what does his pitch count look like? See, the, there are these little things that we would normally pay attention to, where now the players have like already blown right past that, and I think it kind of leads us right into Charlie Morton kind of being prime example, going four and two thirds innings yeah. in in uh, his first spring training start uh, that happened on Sunday. I was just about to say, I I will admit to being the one who I knew he was progressing with the leg injury. And obviously we had talked about it last week. However, when I realized how quickly he had progressed, I was completely wrong about this, Joe. I thought, and obviously I wasn't reading enough Dave O'Brien and Mark Bowman and, and these guys who are watching these games and, and are, and are keeping up um, to the very minute of what's going on with these guys progress. I thought we were looking at a end of the month, situation or beginning of May situation when it came to Charlie Morton just because of the timing of when he hurt himself right. in the world like it was in the World Series which just kind of I don't I don't know maybe because of Mike Soroka uh and other guys in the past who have gotten hurt closer to the end of the season I kind of put that 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 progress further down the line and so hearing that he is now I mean you uh, uh, kind of alluded to it earlier. He's already thrown. He threw Sunday four and two thirds innings. Didn't give up a hit. Only allowed a walk. Uh, had five strikeouts. He is, I mean, as far as we know, in pretty good form, ready to go to start the season. So much so that there is that conversation of, is it going to be, you know, he the veteran throwing on opening day or is it going to be max freed which is just not a spot that i thought we were going to be in i thought we i thought we had to wait longer on charlie morton and it excites me because it means um less decisions have to be made with with mm -hmm. the bottom of the rotation yeah no doubt i, I do still think it will be max freed making the opening day start I, he made I the agree. opening day start last year it just seems like he would kind of be the the guy you want to be in that prestigious role of having the opening day start yeah. uh, for well, years to come. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it will be him, but yeah, credit to Charlie. I think he'll probably be going game two, you know, right away. So, um, and it is, was just interesting that he came out of the gates and he actually revealed that he's been doing a little bit more. Let's hear from what he said after he made that start on Sunday. So I think intensity wise, maybe a little, a little bit higher than just like a backfield game, but being able to get up five ups mm -hmm. right now is pretty good. So. I, don't, I mean, in terms of my stuff, I feel like my stuff's pretty good. It's just, you know, location, consistency, like you know, my release, my delivery. I can always get better, but I think right now I'm just trying to build up that endurance. No, I mean, I got to throw, shoot, I got to throw three or four lives before I even came down here, and then I got to throw a live, and then I threw in a minor league game five days ago. I threw four innings. So today, what for me, wasn't really about that. Like, I don't really think that. I, it's more of... Any tentativeness would be like covering my position, covering for base. But in terms of pitching, I mean, I don't really need it. I feel great on my. I, I'm assuming at some point it's going to feel somewhat normal, but we're still you know, kind of close. So it was really interesting to hear from Charlie there. Like he had already been pitching simulated games, several simulated games. Uh, I was only aware of one. He's also he mentioned that he pitched in a spring training start or a, a minor league um, uh, game. So, yeah, it's good to know that he's kind of been at this thing now, and it doesn't sound like, from what he said, that the injury is really an issue at all. He said that the only thing that he's really concerned about in terms of being tentative or anything is just fielding his position and, and going and covering first base when he has to, which I think every pitcher goes through every spring. So good, all good news there. Yeah, I was just about to say the one thing that he did not have to do in that start on Sunday was – go cover first, uh, yeah. which is, you know, it's one of those, it, it could give you reason to be concerned, but they're not going to let him out there if that was truly, truly a concern. I mean, we, we've seen everything that happened with Mike Soroka uh, and, and how they kind of held on to him um, 
that I, I'm just not concerned about that, that being an issue. It's just one of those. You just want to see it happen just so you can kind of be like, right. okay, all right, cool. You know, he, he's good. Yeah. Um, however, yeah, you, 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 uh, were talking earlier about Max Fried getting that opening day start. I think so. Um, just because it is a prestigious sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Max Fried is going to be the guy who's remembered as the long-term brave more than Charlie Morton will. Uh, and obviously Max Fried kind of having that, uh, he was able to end the season for the Braves uh, on a, on a highlight, which, so you kind of, you, you get that honorary uh, position. That's, that's why I think you go with that. But uh, and I will say Mark Bowman was the one that pointed this out. You talk a lot in, in football of if you have two quarterbacks, you really have no quarterback. However, when it comes to starting pitching, if you have two guys who can be the opening day starter, you're in a really good position because it it doesn't matter then who goes one or two. Uh, you're going to have, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a really strong lineup. Uh, and I and I don't think as we kind of, you know, we talked about last week with the Braves lineup. I don't think it like falls off a cliff after that point either. It's just uh, so strong with with how Max and, and Charlie uh, pitched last season and, and can hopefully continue this year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, no doubt. And Caleb, we got good news again today. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. Um, Spencer Strider, the guy that we're all yep. really excited about, um, had another really good outing today, got the start for the Braves, although I don't know if he's necessarily in contention for a starting role, uh, like a starting pitcher spot in, in the rotation, but he did start today, pitched two and a thirds innings, no hits, two walks, two strikeouts though. So, uh, and looked pretty, looked pretty dominant, um, had, had a really nice kind of wipeout strikeout um i forget who it was that he struck out but um good stuff from him and i i just i want to shout out uh garav v, uh, vidak from uh battery power the sb nation blog who just kind of mentioned uh having watched him saying that the change up for him no longer looks like a something that you just show every once in a while to keep hitters off guard but it's a, like a legit pitch for him and that um you know if that just continues to evolve that could take the top off of his potential really if if you can develop a strike uh, a change up like that at, with pretty easy triple digit fastball i mean that's pretty pretty devastating to go against well yeah that's that's what i was uh it, it's so funny cuz they were playing the blue jays and i get like they got vlad and 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 they've got um you know other big name stars uh however i just kind of like eyes glaze over when those guys come up to the plate and i was more focused on what spencer was doing and you're right. The fact that he's able to go back to back with like throwing a 101 fastball and then following it up with something that's 84 off speed was just making guys look silly out there. Uh, which I, I mean, he also spoke afterwards and said that he thought that uh, the last that he'd heard was that the Braves' plan is for him to be a starter 
However, you know, he did the classic, like, I'll do ever what's necessary of me, which mm. you love to see. You you mm. want that, you know, from, from a guy who's like, I'd be willing to come in the bullpen uh, if, if that's what they want from me. I think, and I got real excited last week, and, and I thought, you know, this is a guy who um, could come in this rotation and just make it look that much better. I've had to have a little reality check over the last week and go, is this truly what they're going to do with him? Because there are so many names that um, that he's kind of like mixed in there with, not because yeah. he's he's not more talented. I, I think Spencer Strider is more talented than Tuki Toussaint or Kyle Wright. Um, however, those guys are already... Minus Tukey, who we just saw uh, was sent down uh, back mm-hmm. to the minors. But I think Spencer is so young and has team control that there's just no rush on him. Uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to, to leave him with Gwinnett uh, until, and this would be my hot take, until I think somebody in this range here has got to get traded. Like somebody's mm, got to get sent somewhere. Uh, there's just too many names and not enough spaces, and you're you're wasting your options and your talent of what you could get in other positions of need by having all of these guys. So I would not be surprised if Spencer Strider starts off the year in Gwinnett, uh, and then after a trade of one or two of these guys ends up at some point later in the season in this starting rotation in a five-man rotation whereas they're going to start the season you know likely with a six-man rotation yeah I mean we've talked about the need for this team to have you know more reliable starters I mean obviously every every team in baseball basically needs you know additional starting pitching help um no sure. team would, would go against it but I think the Braves specifically you know they did not reinforce in free agency and to your point about potentially making a trade I do wonder if if the Braves say, okay, we're hoping that Waskar Yanoa and Kyle Wright and Tukey, like the combination of those three will satisfy the back end of our bullpen or the back end of our rotation. Uh, well, maybe the better option, both for the Braves and for a potential trade partner, is to go get a more bona fide starter uh, and flip one of those talented assets. So if it's a Kyle Wright, if it's a Tukey Toussaint, you know, you you can afford to get rid of them because you need help now. And if you're able to trade one of those guys for a player that's going to come in and fill one of those rotation spots, then that player did their job pretty much. You know, like yeah, they, exactly. they, yeah, they filled exactly. the rotation slot. So yeah, I think that's a good call that um, that they could uh, go out and do something like that. I did also want to mention on Spencer Strider with the whole will be he be a bullpen guy? Will he be a, a starting a starter guy? Because I have heard, I, you know, I, if, if he's not um, a starter, you hear a lot of people say like this guy's going to be our closer for a decade or something because he does kind of have that lights out closer kind of stuff. Um, but I think that the Braves, I, I wonder if this is something that's going to become more routine for them. But it is is to have pitchers kind of go the the Max Freed route, which Max Freed kind of started as a bullpen guy. I think they always envisioned him becoming what he is um but when he came up to help the major league club he was doing that a lot as uh you know an arm out of the bullpen especially in that 2018 playoff run uh and down the stretch there so I do wonder if they would use a guy like Spencer Strider as a bullpen arm with the eye towards maybe lengthening them them out as their career progresses but especially when you look at the way that clubs treat young pitchers you know you can put them in a bullpen role and it might keep their innings down um, and you can more easily control their kind of ramp up through their those first two or three years in their career. Uh, you know how teams are so kind of controlling over not wanting to throw pitchers too many innings in those early years. I wonder if that's uh, something that the Braves might do to help um, get the most out of Strider while also helping their their major league team at the, at the most as they can. I, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, you mentioned Max Freed. I mean, the one that's more recent than that is Waskari Noah. Yeah, I mean, you know, a guy. Yeah, yeah. Perfect example. <laughs> you yep. know. Um, the other thing, and, and I think you're completely right about Spencer Strider, uh, about them wanting to maybe limit his innings early on. The other thing that you, I don't, I wouldn't say it has to be a concern, but it's just gotta be something you pay attention to. This is a guy who's had Tommy John surgery. Mm. Uh, he had that at Clemson. And so 
it's really impressive that you're able to see him out here throwing triple digits after having that. I mean, some guys do talk about the fact that it makes their arm stronger the first time. Mm-hmm. If you ever run the into a problem, yeah. yeah, I was about to say, you ever run into a problem the second, the third, beyond, um, you know, and, and, and you watch a guy's uh, career kind of fall apart after that. So that could be something, not saying it's it's like their main concern, um, because obviously, I mean, he's not going to be, the, he's not the only arm uh, who's had to have Tommy John surgery before, but it just, it, it could be an additional kind of thought in the back of their mind that goes into how they treat him. However, you know, I said I wouldn't be surprised at this point to see him start in Gwinnett. Um, and I know we had talked about a, a six-man rotation last week, and I know we wanted to focus more on the lineup this week. However, they did send Tuki Toussaint down. They did. Uh, and the so, day after we had talked about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so there, there is technically an opening. Uh, there is. If they... If if they want to make that move with obviously the back end of the rotation going, you know, Ian Anderson, Waskari Noah, and then blank blank, you know, mm-hmm. of, of however Brian Snicker um, wants to make those decisions. I'll just be I'll, I'll be very curious to see uh, with the Braves having I think what's it's fourteen straight games to start the season before they get a break. Um, I'll be curious to see how they kind of go about uh, making those decisions. Um, it when could, it comes could use him to... as an opener as well. You know, when we talk about this six yeah. man rotation, it could very well be, you know, a couple different pitchers from the bullpen, maybe combining for a bullpen game. Uh, the reason you use the six man rotation is mainly just like give your starters more rest. So it's not necessarily yeah. about, um, yeah, about the bullpen. So you want to utilize them as much as you can. And with the fact that Max Fried and Charlie Morton have been pitching on the same day, one of them is going to get some an additional day of rest to start the season out which could be um, another strategic move for Brian Snicker of, of how he wants to go about um, you know, setting up those days. However, when it comes to the lineup itself, um, I'm just trying to remember any, any other like big news that, that came out. We talked about Tukey. Uh, Drew Waters, who I never really considered having a realistic shot. It would have been a shock had he been a part of this major league club. He was also sent down Jacob Webb who spent time up and down between the minors. Uh, he's another one who gets uh, sent down to the minors. Um, Ron Racuna, the projection now there is for first week of May, which excites me uh, um, mm-hmm. that he is that ready to come back. And it's honestly, from everything that I've heard and, and from here in Snit Talk, sounds like, him coming back first week of May is really just a being overly cautious with him that, you know, <laughs> Ronald's like, I'm ready to go now. Like, you know, baseball mm-hmm. is starting. I want to play. So, um, yeah, so so Ronald's back. But that does cause the lineup to uh, go through some phases, it seems like, before before we start the season. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about him uh, in a little bit. Um We'll get through a little bit of of news remaining. Um, did want to say it's got to be so hard for Acuna to sit out this time because I think every major league player is like gearing up and kind of ready for the season to start. Um, and yeah. no player, probably more than Acuna, would would love you know loves this time of year and getting ready for that opening day. And just for him not to be you know with the rest of his teammates in that you know fully is got to be tough for a player like him. Um, but, uh, you know, the the thing I want to discuss with him, and I guess this goes for uh, William Contreras as well, is um, kind of is the positions that these players could be playing. So obviously Ronald Acuna played mostly in right last year, has played center, though, plenty with the Braves. Alex Anthopoulos spoke in a media availability that I was on. This must have been the Colin McHugh media availability. Um and he was talking about Acuna's position. He said that he actually went and had a conversation with Acuna, talking about would he play in right, would he play in center. It sounds like Acuna wants to, definitely wants to play in right field. When Alex Anthopoulos was, was telling us about this conversation, he was saying that like he had had a conversation with Acuna, and Acuna was fully on board with playing center field, you know, if and when the team needs him, which I'm sure he is. He's not going to be like, I'm not going out there and playing center today. Um, yeah. But I do wonder if there may be any kind of 
uh, friction there, I guess, in terms of whether, you know, Brian Snicker decides he wants to use him in center field um, more often than maybe he initially thought he would need to. I think a lot of this depends on, you know, how well Adam Duvall plays out there to start the season, because it sounds like Adam Duvall will be the pretty much the everyday center fielder. Him and Guillermo Heredia will probably, you know, split some time there. Um, yeah. But it will be interesting. There's not really a natural top center fielder um, out there, except for Acuna. He's probably your best center fielder and your best right fielder. So it's kind of a matter of where you feel like you get the most uh, the most value with him, but also kind of keeping him the happiest, which is probably in right field. Anyway, some interesting stuff there. But the reason this relates to William Contreras, which I just mentioned, is that it sounds like he may be in for a position change, which you don't often hear about catchers changing positions just because it's such a unique position that requires so much time kind of perfecting that skill. But I mean, if anything we saw last year, it's that uh, William, <laughs> William's yeah. still far, far away from perfecting that skill. So they might as well use him somewhere else. Maybe. Well, well, Joe, I would like to give credit to uh, a friend of mine, Colin Hubbard, who brought it to my attention. Shout out Colin. There's, there is another pretty well-known Major League Baseball player, former Brave, who started his career off at catcher and is, I mean, is not even remotely thought of in that position uh, and has gone on to have a great career. Josh Donaldson was mm, a catcher. Interesting. Yeah. And so when I was going to say about Charlie Culberson just because he's played every other position. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you never, I, I mean, but, you know, in, in all seriousness, though, like, you never thought of Charlie as as his uh, <laughs> offensive prowess. I mean, you know, he came through clutch in moments, but but that was never really his thing. Whereas, yeah. you clearly see that that William has that major league potential, or that not potential that he has the ability at the plate. It's just he is such a liability behind the plate that, uh, and I love how it's it's being used as like a well, you know, we need to get we need to get Williams bat in the lineup somewhere. And we've just, we've got that position covered right now. <laughs> uh, and it was like, you have it covered because you went and signed Pena in the off season. Like you didn't have to go spend that money right. to go get a backup catcher when you technically had it, had one. If you didn't think that this was a, a route you plan to go of, yeah, William Contreras is going to be playing some time in right field. Oh, would field. you look at that? All the catchers' spots <laughs> were taken up. Oh, yeah. how'd that happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, we just, we need you to, you know, why don't you go stand out in the outfield and see if uh, see if you can figure that out. But also, I was surprised to see um, that Snit said there were some plans to try Contreras out at second and third base, um, just because that is a position of of need depth wise uh, because you know the funny thing about Freddie Freeman being gone now is Joe I think you were the one who said you know some of these guys are going to get to actually rest now it takes days off uh, yeah. and so because you're going to have guys taking days off um, there's not you know a whole lot of of depth I know they had signed um, what was it Brock Holt to uh, a minor league deal with a major league option or something like that. And and there are some other names, um, honestly, guys that I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to. I, I sent it to you a while back, Joe, of like, man, I really got to start like paying attention to some of these, uh, you know, guys who are going to be bench pieces now that Adrianza and some of these others are gone. Um, but you pointed out the fact that it's not going to matter as much because you have the DH now, and so there's not going to be uh, not going to be the level of pinch hitting that that we've seen in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm all for this. I'm all for trying players at different positions, and maybe maybe none of it sticks. Maybe he just does still remain a catcher, in which case it's probably going to take him some more time. But if if you know opening up his positions, getting him familiar with a right field spot or something like that. Uh, can allow him to to be more impactful in games, um, then, yeah, man, I'm all for it. And I'm just looking at his stats. So um, if you look at his top line numbers from last year, obviously they're really bad. He really fell apart at the, you know, not even at the end. I would just, I guess, just kind of like kind of midway through uh, last year. But like he started, he played almost all of May last year. 
And mm-hmm. uh, in May, let's see, I just had this pulled up. Oh, now it's not showing. Um, okay, here it is. In May, he hit 240, but he had five homers and he OPS 841 uh, in well, 78 at bats in May. I mean, I was just about to say he he hit five home runs. How many did he hit for the season, Joe? <laughs> he hit eight home runs in the season. Yeah. And he ended up hitting 215. <laughs> he was actually he he was his batting average was as low as 195 at one point, and he ended the season just barely over the 700 mark at 700 701 OPS. So, um, but he clearly just kind of like fell apart. And I do wonder if maybe some of the defensive struggles he was having kind of impacted him uh, oh, yeah. on, on the offensive end. I mean, I'm sure that he was kind of feeling the stress because, you know, Snit, <laughs> when he would have some of those moments, um, Snit was pissed, Didn't and rightfully punches. so. I mean, like, sometimes yeah. they were, like, costing the team, you know, runs and potentially a game. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that we are just – we've we've seen a little bit of, of William Contreras in terms of what he can provide, but – uh, I'm I'm more optimistic on him. I feel like than a lot of people. So I'm excited by this news. And I gotta say, those home runs, a lot of them were like opposite field power home runs. Like I remember one in Philadelphia specifically that was like just really really impressive. It's and and we saw him right, right when he came up. I don't know if you remember when um, Tyler Flowers and Travis Darno both got an illness during the COVID year when everyone thought they had COVID, but it turns out they just had like colds or whatever. And so. Austin Jackson and William Contreras yep. came up, and William and William played well. He was hitting the ball well, ropes and doubles. So I'm a, I I like him. I like him. Oh, I I always have, and I I think I remember when that was going on with Austin Jackson and William Contreras, where Austin so Jackson Alex, was at, Alex Jackson. I think. Alex Jackson. I, I thank mis- you. I misnamed him. Um, yeah, there was. I'm trying to remember why Austin Jackson sticks out too. But anyways, um, there were like clearly they had set jackson as in in the order what was higher than than william Contreras was but when you saw him play like jackson was super uh uninspiring at <laughs> yeah, the plate yeah. like his his abilities were clearly defensively as a catcher uh which definitely have their importance but when you're looking for that spark when you're looking for that excitement you know you know you want to see that um you know you want to see what a guy's ability is behind the plate. That's yeah. why, and, and it's even one of those. Um, you know, you think about defensive abilities. Like Pache was sent out of Atlanta. Like he was, he is a part of a trade because very uninspiring at the plate. And and you know maybe he can kind of like resurrect that in Oakland or whatever. But uh, it, it is more important for for that offensive ability to be there. Uh, and so if Contreras can be serviceable out in right field and let Acuna play center, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I think, I assume that the thought is they don't want him playing out in center field. There's just more movement, more sure. running to do. Uh, you know, guy's going to be more tired um, than to, to get back up in that leadoff spot um, and maybe doesn't produce to the level that he's used to. Which also, I mean, then that could lean more on Snit of you just got to get more creative and, um, you know, just not have him um, not have him play out there every day and maybe swap into a DH role uh, when you move all of those other pieces around. Like it, it, yeah. it won't be I think this will be truly a year where you'll see a lot of movement uh, in and out of the lineup, obviously, just for the fact that it's going to start off the season without Acuna. But then just because um, there is some creativity to be had to get guys rest and also get them consistent at-bats. Yeah, I think the DH is actually going to lead to a lot more different varied lineups for the Braves throughout the year. Not necessarily the batting order, but all, but just yeah, yeah the, the positions the guys and are it, playing because you can use the DH as a kind of t- a time to rotate players out to give them some rest. And it's so funny because the argument against the DH in the National League is it kills strategy. You know, it kills the the double switch and and what you do. Um, but in fact, it's like, well, no, I think it just shifts strategy to a different place mm-hmm. uh, where you don't end up in a <laughs> in a World Series with a pitcher coming up to the plate in a in a defining moment with with runners in scoring position, and you're like, up, oh, free out, and you know. That that kills any uh you know let me let me go to the bathroom now because I don't have to worry <laughs> about 
what's going to happen with anyone except for you know maybe Max Fried mm-hmm. and Plate. I gotta say with with Contreras, you know, catchers always have guns uh, for arms, so like. Stick yeah. him out there in that Braves small right field, you know, with the chop house, and you ha- yep. you you would think you've got somebody competent out there who couldn't, you know, maybe get an assist or two or something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it works out, but I'm excited to hear the news that they're interested in moving him around. I would say that that's got to speak well to what he's his bat and what they've seen from him. Yeah, if they're so intent on getting him in there. So, uh, interesting news from William Contreras. Um. So, Caleb, let's dig into this lineup a little bit more. Um, I pulled up the lineups from Mark Bowman. He put his predictions out on uh, MLB.com, Braves.com, which I would definitely recommend everybody go out and check out. I think Bowman probably has the best pulse of the team, I would say, just in my, in yeah. my um, of everything I've experienced. Um, so here's what he's got. Uh, he's got kind of like essentially two different lineups, one versus righty, one versus lefty. And this is like the pre Acuna lineups, uh, before we have him back in action versus right-handers. you you rotate Eddie Rosario to the top of that lineup, which is what he, where he hit in the playoffs last year, Eddie Rosario, Ozzy Albies, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna as your top five. I think that that has kind of been what we're all we would all predict that's the top five you would have if Acuna was there, except for Acuna batting leadoff. So you got those five, and then Duvall, Adam Duvall. Here's where it gets interesting. Alex Dickerson, the new signing, as the DH hitting seventh, only playing against right-handers as a righty specialist, then Dansby and Travis Darno, And then in the, against the lefties, just to lay this out for our listeners, Caleb, and then we'll kind of get into what we think. Against lefties, you hit Ozzy Albies at the top of the order because he absolutely rakes lefties. He's like an MVP caliber hitter against left-handed pitching. Matt Olson hitting second against lefties, followed by Austin Riley, Ozuna, Duvall. Then you get Rosario down in sixth against lefties instead of first. And then Dansby, Travis Arnaud, and then Bowman has Guillermo Heredia manning center field uh, against lefties, rotating in for Alex Dickerson. And then... It's very complicated, but then you would have Ozuna batting as a DH against lefties, where he'd be playing in left field against right-hand pitching. There's, but again, that's where it gets confusing because you can rotate in all sorts of different ways uh, with the DH. Um, I don't know. I, any any initial thoughts, Caleb, on on these lineups? Well, I was going to say first off, when it, it's funny when you talk about Bowman, um, you know, and and having a pulse on the team. I think he is great from a a readership perspective of like he's concerned about what the like common fan is concerned about like mm-hmm. hey what's the lineup gonna look like or what's the whole situation going on with the opening day starter where a lot of these other guys are obviously like they are incredible work but they're more going into like specific details getting stories behind certain things more uh, which is why driven. I lo- yeah, that's why I love Bowman, because sometimes, like, I just want to know, yeah, what is this lineup going to look like? <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely think, you know, I mean, honestly, if you're listening to to Joe and I, you're not listening for this, like, super technical analysis. <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're, you're the everyday fan. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm cool with that, because I like talking to you people. Too. So. Just, just you know, just put it exactly. I get scared what, talking those, to people like, who too, know, know, know too much about baseball. It's scary. Yeah, it's scary. You know, you start throwing all of and, and like I'm not, I'm not uh, anti, um, you know, stats and all that sort of stuff. But there just there gets there just gets to be a point where I don't care anymore. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. like tell me, tell me the stats where a guy looks good, and I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Cool, let's go. Uh, and then it comes down to the, you know, the old eye test, uh, for me a lot of the times, but Mm -hmm. I say all that to say, um, the (laughs) having Alex Dickerson as your designated hitter, uh, as a reigning world series champion team does not give off (laughs) exciting vibes. I will say that I understand the thought process going behind, like what's going into this. And it's also just one of those, like, yeah, now I get why they're doing this with William Contreras, and man, I cannot wait for Ronald Acuna to get back, because it's one of those, like, I'm not saying, and I've also, I guess I should clarify, like, I've cooled my opinions on Freddie Freeman's effect on this team. Um, I think there will still be 
a level of figuring things out just because he was such a big voice and is now gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, where this team was two weeks ago being like down in the dumps about Freddie being gone, I think once they, you know, getting some consistent time with Matt Olson and seeing him play, I think that's going to just quickly go away. Um, And not to say that like Freddie wasn't, uh, a leader in this clubhouse and all of those other uh, kinds of things. But maybe, maybe, maybe I oversold or over understood Freddie's impact in this in this team. Uh, yeah. And maybe it won't be as big of an impact unless it's a guy like Dansby Swanson who's over here, you know, joking that, oh, we should we should take caution tape. And throw caution tape <laughs> over Freddie Freeman's locker in, in the Braves clubhouse. And no one, not only should no one ever wear number five, no one should even sit in the seat that Freddie Freeman once sat in. You know, we've got to have a shrine now. Joe, I, I'm going to need you to keep an eye out when you go to the clubhouse uh, next week. You know, just to find out, hey, is is... Are there like flowers and uh, a picture of Freddie with Charlie? You know, like uh, uh, is the is the picture the of Freddie catching the yeah. ball? Yeah, to 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 win the World Series. Like, is that you know? Is, is, there, is there a nice gold frame in his like locker a Charlie with flowers? Hologram. Exactly. So they can just, you know, have that youthful vibe in the clubhouse. Yeah. I'll, I'll so I'll be curious to find out what they do about that. But when it comes to the like the lineup itself, um. Yeah, I think Matt Olson's going to slide in just perfectly. Uh, so my my biggest concern is the fact that with Noah Cunha, that, that spot is it's just weak. Like whether it's Alex Dickerson having to be the, in there or Guillermo Heredia, who, look, we all love Heredia, the swords, the dude's just hilarious. Uh, I sent Joe a, a clip the other day of Heredia was on Snapchat using like funny face filter and had Ozzy, and then they got Austin Riley with it. Yeah, you know, they're like he he is a great uh, clubhouse guy and fun teammate, and keeping everybody's spirits high. He is just not a guy that I really want in the lineup on a consistent basis, as we saw last season when he was having to do that early on in the year. Um, I think it's going to be another situation where we're probably going to get frustrated uh, as the as the consistency won't be there, but. We're, we're, we're doing this for a month before we get back to a lineup that, that looks stronger that could also, as we've been saying this entire time, add uh, a William Contreras and, and maybe get that much stronger. Yeah, um, I, I think that when I look at this line, I'm, I'm with you on, on, on the Freddy part. You know, my take all along has been you can replace his production through Matt Olson. And I actually think that the Braves... Yeah in acquiring Matt Olson have not only replaced Freddie Freeman's production, but they've actually gotten more production later on in the six, seven year, six, seventh years of Matt Olson's contract, as opposed to what they would have gotten on like the sixth year, potentially of a Freddie Freeman deal. So I think that even long-term they're in even better shape by getting Matt Olson. What I've made, what I've said, and I think I still maintain, but this will be proved proven kind of correct or false as the season goes on is you can't really replace what uh what what Freddie Freeman gives you kind of in the intangibles aspect. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, what he does day to day, the way he motivates players to play or maybe doesn't motivate, you know, whether we're going to I think we're going to find out whether a lot of that stuff was lore or whether there was something yeah. more real behind it um based on the the vibe of the clubhouse this year, but you know, I think that the the book is still out on 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 that aspect. But just in terms of the quality of the hitter that you get, I think Matt Olson is, you know, he I think if you compare the numbers, he had a slightly better season than Freddie did last year and you would think that with his age difference that he's only has uh, you know, higher projections for, for this year as well. So you may have even a maybe a slight upgrade at first base, but we'll just call it dead even. I do think that when you look at a player like Austin Riley, I feel like he's not getting talked about about enough. (laughs) I think last year, if you look at his numbers, he was pretty lucky. Like the bad bip was way high. Um, But to me, it's just overall seeing his progression as a hitter from 2019 when he came up um, in May that year to where he was 
like at the end of last year as a very seasoned hitter. I mean, if you look at his numbers in the in 2019, he had 108 strikeouts and 16 walks. Last year, he had 100 and that was in 274 at bats. Last year, and essentially double the amount of at bats, he had 168 strikeouts, so only like 50% more strikeouts and 52 walks. So that's what like four times, three times the amount of walks as he had. Um so very good signs, I think, from Austin Riley. And despite the fact that he got lucky last year, I still look at him as honestly being a guy who could compete and be an MVP contention again like he was last year. And if he is that guy, I think the combination of him with Matt Olson, with Ronald Acuna Jr., who we kind of have to expect to be back for most of this season, um, yeah, I think it just has it has all the makings of another really potent, lineup uh a lineup that's going to be able to score a ton of runs and I think also a lineup that when you look at Matt Olson just the the way he's able to um kind of use that right side I think that they're going to utilize that right field I think that they (laughs) they can kind of utilize that that short porch uh in the chop house a little bit so um I just really like this lineup again with Ronald Acuna Jr. in it without Ronald Acuna Jr. in it when you're looking at Alex Dickerson things but I think Alex Dickerson will be a perfectly fine like guy who can rotate in every once in a while, like yeah. a Sunday day game, and have you know some productive days, no doubt. But not the kind of player you want playing every day for you. But I think you know there's again, like you said, also with the rotations, the way that this team will be able to use the DH and get several players in there. You know, I just think it looks like a very very good lineup and one that you can. Um, yeah, get guys rotated in and out and kind of keep players fresh throughout the year. I think that they you could have a much more kind of conventional season in that respect, um, as opposed to like the thing kind of thing we saw last year where Freddie and Dansby and Riley played like every single day. Like those guys played, uh-huh. I think, I don't know how many games they missed between them. It couldn't have been more than a handful. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that this team has, this is where its strength was. And has been really for the last couple of years. I just think it will continue. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. To be that. It's so interesting, Joe, that, uh, you know, sometimes uh, right or wrong, you know, things happen, a lot happens, and we gloss over things here or there. Uh, As we got talking about this lineup, you know, I, I look at the fact that we are now at a point, like, we don't question Marcel Ozuna being back. Like, that is yeah, a big deal. It is. Um, I think there is, especially when it comes to, like, all, all of the legal stuff that he was brought into, uh, you know, the video came out and uh, that was something that was going to, I, I had been very strong at one point in saying this guy's not only not going to play for the Braves anymore. He's not going to play in major league baseball again. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the video comes out. We see what actually transpired. It's not to the extreme level that, yeah. um, what was was being thrown out i would recommend everybody's go look at the video for themselves yeah. to see what's on tape because i don't know how those police officers ended up writing down in their report what they claim they saw when their the yeah. video is literally on and sees them going into the room while it's happening and literally the only thing you see is ozuna kind of pushes push his wife away there was there's mm-hmm. a there's a shove um and and that's it well Not, and, and it's one of I was just about to say, it is one of those awkward positions where 
it's like it's not like let's not act like this is a good thing let's not act like you know he is some sure, saint absolutely yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or, totally. or or anything like that clearly a dysfunctional um, kind of domestic relationship here yeah between the and, two of them. and and honestly like if you know i hope they go their separate ways because there is a history with them yeah. and that had been brought up as part of this is that you know there was a history where you know he had had to call because of of things that she was doing so it's just it's it's a bad situation however that i think this this idea that we were given especially presented by the police department was a very graphic um you know like despicable it was was holding her pinning her against the wall with With a choke with a choke yeah yeah, or yeah and then like and like hitting her with a cast which like yeah nothing nothing like that was on the was on the police no. footage which which is why I, I go back and say like i i you know it's one of those things that we've like completely brushed past now at this yeah, point and yeah. it's just it's, it's just how like news cycles work in that yep. way yep um however that is why on opening day marcelo zuna is not only a member of this team but a, a prominent member of this team as they're going to be looking for that offense that he had two years ago uh to to be brought back uh, and it's it's just wild because it's one of those um, like this team won a World Series without Marcelo Zuna and without Ronald Acuna Jr. And they're getting both of those players back, which is just like Marcelo you know, like, Zuna. Yeah, in 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 2020, the COVID year, Marcelo Zuna led the led the National League in home runs and RBIs. And only if he had led in batting average would he have won the triple crown. And what did what was his batting average? His batting average was three thirty eight. Yeah, yeah. I think he came in second to Freddie. I think I think Freddie had the better batting average that year and and took away the triple crown. And then Freddie obviously ends up winning the M- winning yeah, MVP winning that year MVP. Yeah. over Marcelo Zuna. But it's just I mean it's crazy. I think you're right. Like I think we're not. I think people in general are not talking about Marcelo Zuna and the impact he's going to have on this team. Because of the circumstances, because it's just yeah. uncomfortable to talk about a guy who's been through all this stuff, and I'm, you know, some of it absolutely brought about, you know, brought upon himself. Um, but you know, when you just kind of look at where the Braves are, he's absolutely going to be a huge, you know, member of the team this season. And you know, it goes to something I was saying on Andy and Randy today, Caleb, which is that you know they were asking me like, who's gonna, who's gonna. Who's this like a big year for? Like, who is it like a career, like, you know, one of those kind of career defining seasons? And I think that for the Braves, you have many guys who this season is in, is important for individually, but all for different reasons. So I think that when you look at a guy like William Contreras, it's a big season for him for some of the reasons we talked about before, whether it's finding himself a new position or what he can provide for the team offensively, all that stuff. Um, but I think when you look at Marcelo Zuna, it's also a super important year for him to kind of get his career back on track. But again, for totally different reasons than it would be for a young player. Um, and then you look at a guy like Dansby Swanson, who it's also a big year for him when you look at it. This is the last year that he's under team control and he'll be, you know, facing free agency and the Braves will have to figure out what they want to do with him down the road. And a lot, I'm sure, you know, what he does this season will be, you know, a big factor in all yeah. that big season for him too for different reasons than Ozuna and for a guy like Contreras so it's so that's what makes this team so interesting to me is that you have so many of those types of players Ron Cunha Jr huge season for him as well I mean you know for totally different reasons than all the 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 four three that I've said so uh yeah it's it's really exciting but you're totally right to to highlight Ozuna here because um I think that the Braves fate really hinges a lot on what they'll be able to get out of him especially in this early portion of the season when you don't have Acuna yeah well I, I think that's that's part of it it's like you know we it feels like a lot of the comparisons being made to last year and this year is focusing around Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman and how those two are swapping out for each other and not that that's not going to be important I think that's going to be very be a very pivotal to pay attention to and to see how Matt Olson slides in this lineup although it seems like Snit's going to treat him just like he did Freddie, where, um, you know, right in that, uh, what, the number two hitter, if, 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 if Mark Bowman is right, um, you know, against, uh, against lefties, very similar to how he, t- how he treated things <laughs> with, with, with Freddie Freeman, or 
squeezing, uh, you know, sliding them down to third versus right-handers. However, that was why I just wanted to say that about uh, um, about Marcelo Zuna because it was like, yeah, we forget uh, how many. I'm trying to think how many home runs did he have in 2020. Um, it was it was he, it was 18. <laughs> it was 18, but it yeah, was, that, that's in 60 games. So if you essentially yeah. multiply that by three, then you're looking at like a 50 home run season, something like that. Yeah, uh, not bad, not shabby. Yeah, 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 not yeah, too yeah. Shabby. it's all right. It's uh, all right. <laughs> serviceable. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so that's that's why it's one of those uh, you know people asking about did this lineup get better from last year i say yeah um you know mm. from, from winning the world series especially did this lineup get better from winning the world series in a month oh hell yeah 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 and it's so it's so <laughs> crazy like that it just makes the world series run stand out as like this like literally like a movie montage type thing because like <laughs> that team just had no business putting up the numbers that they did throughout that run, especially in the playoffs. It's bizarre. I, it's so funny. I was actually just recently watching some highlights and I came across the uh, the Tyler Matzik. There was like a it was like a season highlight package and there was like the one with like Tyler mm-hmm. Matzik catches the ball behind his head and you know turns the double play or whatever and um. I feel like that was like the moment where like the angels in the outfield kicked in and then like everything just <laughs> yep. like started like, you know, Eddie Rosario turns into like an all-star and all this stuff. Yeah, no, it's funny. Yeah. Well, and and I think, I, and I'll say this as we're kind of wrapping up here, just this idea of the amount of power that they are bringing to the lineup is going to allow guys to not be perfect coming out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, like, like, Obviously, like not everybody's going to be hitting well. Everyone's going to go through slumps. Uh, but when you're dealing with this type of lineup, it's going to be um, like that. It's going to be more possible that that happens, and it's not affecting this team in the same way that it would have a year ago. Right? Uh, where you kind of, I mean, to go on that magical run, like they ne- they needed everybody to kind of be on their p's and q's. Um, and we obviously know over, you know, 162 games, like that's just not going to happen. Uh, so it's just <laughs> seeing some of these names, you know, you just kind of go like, I think they're going to be all right. I, yeah. I, I, I do. I truly, I truly think this team, uh, is set for some success. It's exciting. The fact that, uh, we will have another podcast before opening day, but opening day is next week, uh, which just seems, um, you know, it, it like we started off things. It, it seems so quick, but also just like we're finally here. Yeah. Um. So and hopefully, hopefully on that show we'll have a ton of roster news. We may even have the opening day uh, roster at yeah. that point that we can react to and stuff. So there should be a ton that happens that's pertinent to you know the opening day series that happens between now and when we record next. That will be really fun to talk about. I I honestly can't wait for next week's show because there will be so much news that happens. <laughs> And we'll have a better, we'll just yeah, have a better, absolutely. much better picture of what this team uh, is looking like, especially in the rotation, which we talked about last week. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Joe, anything else you you want to get to before we get out of here? Uh, no, I'm. That's that's it. I was going to say how excited I am for for next week, and of course, this conversation was great too, Caleb. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean, we had a great time. Here. But ne- next week, next week's where is really going to go down? It's all right. You know, I, right. I get I get selling the people on come back next week you know we're we're we're, hey we're always looking to improve you know so uh so if you you didn't if you didn't like this one try us out next week it's fine uh but with that like subscribe do all the stuff that makes our bosses happy uh that lets us keep doing this for joe patrick i'm caleb johnson thanks for listening to batter up and have a good one okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.